Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm your host, Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 308. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Art of Living interview series, we are going to be talking today about a favorite topic of mine, and from your emails over the last few months, a favorite topic of our Not Old Better Show audience. That topic, of course, religion, politics, and evangelicalism with Joseph Slaughter, professor of history. Every election cycle, and this last one, follow the same pattern. American evangelicals are heavy hitters on the demographic scene, a force to be reckoned with for journalists, pundits, politicians, and political strategists. But it was not always so. Who exactly are the evangelicals? Where do they come from? How fragmented is evangelicalism? The divisions among evangelicals based on age and ethnicity. And what does the term evangelical even mean? Evangelicalism is obviously extremely fragmented. For one thing, when most people are talking about it and a lot of the polls that are done and that sort of thing, they're not really including African-American, Asian-American, Hispanics that would fit that definition. Uh, to say nothing of the evangelical church, which is exploding in what we would call the global south. And then within even sort of what oftentimes colloquially is referred to as evangelicalism, white evangelicalism here in America, there is increasing fragmentation and there always has been fragmentation. And now increasingly, I think we're seeing divisions between southern and northern evangelicals. There's always been theological divisions, of course, between Calvinists and Arminians over the nature of free will in one's salvation. Divisions between urban and rural, I think evangelicals is becoming more pronounced. Uh, divisions between what we sometimes call the megachurch movement and then more rank-and-file congregations. And then increasingly age and ethnicity, particularly age as well, are becoming uh, points of fragmentation between the movement, for sure. That, of course, is our guest today, Dr. Joseph Slaughter, Assistant Professor of History, who will address these questions and many others today in our conversation and in his extended Smithsonian Associates presentation, Evangelicalism in America, Wednesday, January 9th, 2019. For ticket information and more details about Dr. Slaughter and Smithsonian Associates, please check our website. And now, please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Dr. Joseph Slaughter. Dr. Joseph Slaughter, welcome to the Not Old Better Show. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, well, thank you for joining us today. I think this subject is just a fascinating one. We, of course, we're going to be talking about evangelicalism in America. Why don't you begin by telling us briefly about your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation? Sure, absolutely. Well, it's, it's probably a bit too ambitious, so we're going to try <laughs> to tackle um, you know, 400 some years of uh, the history of evangelicalism in America. So um, maybe a little bit uh, on the ambitious side there, but I plan to start by defining the term. I think that increasingly, especially in the last 30 years or so, there's there's probably several different competing definitions of that term out there now. Um, and then we'll move on to discussing in some of the different periods of American history, starting in the colonial and revolutionary era, and then moving through um, the 19th century, you know, kind of times of revival and reform to, um, uh, you know, the 1920s with um, sort of signature events like the Scopes Monkey Trial, and then finish with kind of the emergence of the religious right in the 80s and obviously the very strong 
poor support for um, the current presidential administration um, by many evangelicals today. As I say, I think this is just going to be a fascinating subject. And when, and when I think about things that go together, and, and, and I apply that to this subject, you know, the, the phrase comes to mind, evangelicals and their influence on politics. That just seems to be part of a list of things that just simply go together, like milk and honey and soap and water and grandchildren and grandparents. I I think certainly I can say that that's something that I've always felt was a part of politics, but it hasn't always been that way. So what changed? And who are these evangelicals? And when was it that their influence first started to surface politically? Yeah, you, you, you remind me of... Uh... When I I was visiting a, a Greek cousin of mine um, who was in in studies in Arachleon in Crete, and she and I, and, and I, I can't I can't give the exact quote, but it was right after President Bush was uh, reelected, I think the second time, and and I think CNN World must have portrayed that election as being due to this you know evangelical support. And uh, and she and she's from Greece and had grown up there her whole life. And she just was like, who are these evangelicals? I, I've never heard of these people. You know what? They swayed this whole election. Um, well, the, the, I think the, the pithy answer and sort of the short, you know, kind of answer is that they've actually always been influential, but probably took a about a half century hiatus from the mid 1920s to the 1970s. So, for example, if we go back even to the colonial period, Virginia and Anglicans made a political deal with what was then a new religious movement in the mid-18th century, the Baptists, to support them in declaring for independence from Great Britain in exchange for religious liberty protections after the war, which then they got in the form of Thomas Jefferson's 1786 Virginia Statute of of Religious Freedom. Uh, What I think you're kind of alluding to probably, and, and probably what strikes many people, is the alignment more recently with white evangelicals uh, mm-hmm. and the Republican Party in the late 70s and early 80s, so Jerry Falwell Sr.'s moral mm-hmm. majority, mm-hmm. and so that's something obviously um, that will that will that will discuss. Of course, I mean, in the short answer, sometimes people often pin that switch to um, Roe versus Wade, but really, it's actually, as we'll see in the lecture, a little bit more complicated than that. There's quite a bit of racial politics um, that are part of it as well. And it's not just one religion. And and even between religions, it's fragmented. So talk about the complexity of the group or groups. Yeah, I'm glad you made that point because uh, evangelicalism is obviously extremely fragmented. For one thing, when most people are talking about it and a lot of the polls that are done and that sort of thing, they're not really including African-American, Asian-American, Hispanics that would fit that definition. Uh, To say nothing of the evangelical church, which is exploding in what we would call the global south uh, around the world. And then within even sort of what oftentimes colloquially is referred to as evangelicalism, white evangelicalism here in America, there is increasing fragmentation. And there always has been fragmentation, as you allude to. And and, and now increasingly, I think we are seeing divisions between Southern and Northern evangelicals. You know, there's always been sort of theological divisions, of course, between Calvinists and Arminians over the nature of free will in one's salvation. Divisions between urban and rural I think evangelicals is becoming more pronounced uh, divisions between what we sometimes call the megachurch movement and then more rank and file congregations. 
and um, and then increasingly age and ethnicity, as I kind of alluded to before, but particularly age as well, are becoming uh, points of fragmentation um, between um, the movement for sure. And in terms of politics, I think one of the more pronounced fractures that we're seeing currently, and and I think in part because of the election of 2016, but I think it was developing over a period of years before then, it just was a little bit less apparent to people, is what I would call the Wheaton College Wing of Evangelicalism, uh, which is located in uh, southern Chicago. It's kind of the Harvard of Evangelicalism, uh, which is very much more a northern, educated, um, sort of interested in engaging the broader American culture. It's sometimes critical of the current presidential administration. It's younger, typically urban, a little bit more reformed in its theology. And then what I call this uh, Robert Jeffress wing of evangelicalism, which is I'm naming for the outspoken pastor um, mm-hmm. and sort of ardent supporter of the current administration. Um, he's at First Baptist Church in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And so this wing is a little bit more Southern, suburban, generally a little bit older, stereotypically. It's a little bit more combative towards what is perceived to be a secularizing American culture. And, and as I alluded to, they're, they're usually kind of the core support of, of, of the president. And so I think that break is kind of becoming so um, prominent that you even get some from the former group, the, the Wheaton wing, that don't even want to use the term evangelical anymore because they think the latter group, the Jeffress group, has so tainted it. We are with Dr. Joseph Slaughter. Dr. Slaughter is going to be speaking at the Smithsonian Associates program January 9th. 2019 about evangelicalism in America. Of course, evangelicals have been the American heavy hitters in the uh, uh, demographic sense in uh, American politics, and uh, Dr. Slaughter is going to be going into detail about that. A couple more questions for you, Dr. Slaughter. When it comes to the evangelicals, what are some of the key political doctrines of these groups? Yeah, well, that's it's not... It's not necessarily real easy to answer because of some of the fragmentation we were just discussing. I, I think that mm-hmm. if you if you go on the internet and you you can locate voter guides published by groups like the Family Research Council or Franklin Graham's Decision for America, which I would put more in that Jeffress wing of evangelicalism, it's going to look quite a bit like the Republican Party platform currently. Um, but I think if you would look at, say, a, you know, a, a group of evangelicals from, say, that Wheaton College wing that I was referring to, it's going to be a lot more varied. And there's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot harder to pin them down because there's probably going to be some things on the Democratic side that they would be more sympathetic towards. But then, you know, some on the Republican side. So they're going to be um, not as easy to sort of pin down. I think that really the more interesting thing thing that oftentimes drives the way the two groups situate themselves politically today, and this is one of the things we'll talk about in in the Smithsonian lecture, is the way the two different groups think about America itself. And so the Jeffress wing, I think, talks about a Christian nationalism that very much makes the Wheaton wing sometimes very nervous. And I think that that sort of sense of um, sort of the nation's place, not only just globally, but also in terms of all of human history 
and to use a fancy theological term, eschatology, or what one thinks about sort of the end or the fulfillment of times of humanity, uh, the way they both sort of think about those things actually then frame some of the different positions they end up taking, I think, politically. So you mentioned uh, Jerry Falwell, you mentioned Robert Jeffress. Um, who are some of the other influential leaders among these groups? And, and I guess who's who's really captured your attention? Mm, yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's one of the problems with studying evangelicalism and Protestantism more broadly, because it's just so decentralized. Mm. And increasingly, in the age of the Internet, you can have a platform and the very nature of Protestantism and for sure evangelicalism in America is one that elevates people to leadership positions independent of institutional um, administrative organizations. (laughs) So for instance, you could have an influential songwriter and that person could be a leader in evangelicalism. To say nothing for, uh, you know, the influential head of a of a non-denominational megachurch who doesn't answer to anyone in an institutional sort of sense, or even to uh, people um, like the leaders of you know, the uh, the Creation uh, Museum or the Museum of the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, all of those people influence um, evangelicalism and the broader American culture. But many of them do it in a very sort of decentralized um, sort of way. So if even if we go back historically, that's kind of the way it's it's been. You look at prominent pastors and preachers like Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield, Charles Finney, or if you look at business persons like the Wesleyan Thomas Welch, who created a grape juice company to provide an alternative to wine in communion services, or somebody more recently like Truett Cathy, who starts Chick-fil-A. Um, and, and to say nothing of sort of the modern parachurch leaders like Bill Bright, who started Campus Crusade for Christ, and Chuck Colson, who started Prison Fellowship after his time um, in the Nixon administration. You know, these people have all proved to be historically very influential, but it's all a very sort of decentralized um, sort of way. I would say that today, as you, as you, as you noted from mm-hmm. some of the names mm-hmm. I pointed out in the Jeffress Ring, you do have people like Franklin Graham or Jerry Falwell Jr. and Sr., Pat Robertson, some of those prominent voices. Uh, in in, the, in the, the Wheaton wing, it's a little bit more subtle because those people typically aren't staking out political positions, uh, but some of the names there would be um, Tim Keller, uh, the pastor in New York City who recently um, retired from, from his uh, pastoral position there, Russell Moore, who's the head of the the Ethics um, Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, Francis Chan, who's a who's a pastor out on the West Coast, and then Beth Moore is a prominent um, um, teacher of, of kind of women's Bible studies and, and things of that nature um, would be some of the people that fall uh, under the Wheaton wing of leadership. And you mentioned the Bible Museum, and I suppose David Green, the, the leader of Hobby Lobby, might be uh, someone who's bringing some of these uh, points to... Uh, to the public's attention. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, and that's one of the, I think the interesting linkages and that's one of the things that um, is, is a big focus of, of the, of the book that I'm working on right now, faith and markets. There's, there's historically been a very close intertwining of business and Christianity and particularly business and evangelicalism, even going back 
um, to the, the earliest decades uh, of the United States. And, 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 and the Green family or the Kathy family with their businesses mm-hmm. are good examples of that. And, um, and, and both the ethos of how they run their companies, for instance, being closed on Sundays or at mm-hmm. one point the, the Green family didn't like to use barcodes um, in the business. Or, for instance, you go to a Chick-fil-A and there's kind of um, there's a background music typically playing in the stores. It doesn't have words, but it's usually it's usually Christian music. It's Mm -hmm. even sometimes music that would be played in a non-denominational church setting in a worship service. Um, So those kind of things both inform not only the character of their businesses, but then then some of the the ways in which maybe through philanthropy or through um, um, political action donations, you know, as a family, they have um, a, a mode of influence for sure. Dr. Joseph Slaughter has been with us. He is going to be at the Smithsonian Associates Program Wednesday, January 9th, 2019, speaking about evangelicalism in America, answering some of the questions, who exactly are the evangelicals, where did they come from, and, and much more. I just encourage you to check this out. This is really going to be a fascinating subject. Dr. Slaughter, I could speak to you for a long time. I just uh, am personally interested, but I think my audience is going to be as well. But thanks so much for your generous time today. Well, thanks, Paul. Uh, it was great chatting with you and I look forward to um, the, the lecture in January for sure. I do as well. Remember, Dr. Joseph Slaughter will be presenting Evangelicalism in America at Smithsonian Associates Program Wednesday, January 9th, 2019 at the Ripley Center in Washington, D.C. For ticket information and other details, please check our website. Thanks to Dr. Joseph Slaughter for joining me today. And thanks to the wonderful Smithsonian Associates team for all they do to support the show. The Not Old Better Show. Talk about better. Thanks, everybody, and Happy New Year.